Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Your worst nightmare. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. When you left the house this morning, was your wife alive? Oh, yeah. Um, what would you say if I told you I, that, that I don't think she was? Today we're discussing a case that's more complicated than it appears, a lot like the relationship within it. We try not to talk too much about religion or religious upbringings. A lot of the things that we talk about are much more nuanced and textured. But I believe religion plays a bit of a part in this case, as does some other, again, very complicated issues. But I'm not going to talk too much, not giving you too much introduction on this. I'll let you decide what fueled and motivated the murders of Sherry Weiss and her two children, Gavin and Garrett Coleman. Chris Coleman worked long hours, day in and day out, to have his own piece of Columbia, Illinois. To have his own piece of Columbia, Illinois. Growing up just a couple towns away, Chris is raised fiercely religious, speaking in tongues, handling snakes, and devoting himself to the Lord. But Coleman dreams of becoming more than the son of evangelical pastors, to make something of himself and buy a home in Columbia. Columbia is reserved for the best of the best, he reasons, and he has big plans to get there. After high school, Chris enrolls in the Army and gets stationed at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. In May of 1997, Chris meets Sherry Weiss at a canine training seminar. He's a Marine, she's in the Air Force, and they plan on continuing their respective tracts. Ron Coleman, Chris's dad, was surprised when the two got together. He would say, quote, She was a worldly little girl, little short shorts, tattoo on her leg, not the person we thought he'd be with. Unexpectedly, Sherry gets pregnant. Chris, at 21, is still a devout Christian and proposes to 20-year-old Sherry, and the two are married. Chris and Sherry welcomed their first son, Garrett, on April 30th, 1998, and their second son in 2000, named Gavin. The couple do settle in Columbia, Illinois, still a small town just over the Mississippi River from Missouri. Both the Coleman kids loved sports and played for the Columbia Blue Jays football team. Sherry and Chris seem happy. They've made it. Sherry was a stay-at-home mom, and Chris, well, he still needed a job. So he called Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer was a family friend and honestly a local celebrity in her own right. She found huge success as a televangelist and head of an international Christian ministry called, appropriately, Joyce Meyer Ministries. 
Joyce hired Chris to work her security team at the ministries, and Chris excelled at the job. He quickly rose through the ranks to become Meyer's personal bodyguard, earning him a salary upwards of $100,000 and a down payment on a two-story house. Chris Coleman really has it all, a loving family, a great job, and a beautiful new home. Until May 5th, 2009. At 6.43 a.m. on May 5th, Columbia Police Chief Justin Barlow and Officer Jason Donjon receive a call from Chris. He's at the gym in St. Louis County, about 40 minutes away. Chris can't reach Sherry. He's tried texting and calling her multiple times, so he asks Barlow to do a wellness check. Barlow, who is also a friend and Chris's neighbor, agrees. When he arrives at the Coleman home, he discovers that a basement window has been opened. The two officers enter the basement and make their way through the house, but Barlow notices something disturbing. Red spray paint everywhere. Giant words scrawled on the home's pristine walls, saying, in unhinged lettering, quote, I am always watching. You have paid and, quote, punished. The scene becomes even more horrifying when the officers go upstairs. Don John goes towards the master bedroom, so Barlow turns the other way and goes into one of the kids' rooms. A little boy in bed, half-covered, looking like he's sleeping, except that his skin is grayish and mottled, his limbs rigid. Barlow hears Don John call out. He's found Sherry. Patton then finds Gavin, and when Barlow moves to the doorway and sees the second child dead, he tries his best to keep it together. This might be our guy. Limit what we have to tell him. Don John warns as they go back downstairs. Barlow nods. They didn't make it, Chris, he said. They didn't make it. Asked to stay outside, Chris Coleman doesn't protest. He just sits on the ground and sobs. Then he pulls out his phone and calls his father. Garrett and Gavin are dead of strangulation, as is 31-year-old Sherry, also dead from strangulation. She has a black eye and bruises as well, indicating that she likely tried to fight off her attacker. Emergency responders immediately take Chris to the hospital to help revive him and monitor his health. But on the way to the hospital, one of the EMTs notices scratches on Chris's arm. When asked where they came from, Chris starts violently punching the gurney, scratching his arm in the process. Though he's in a fragile state, Chris is soon taken to Columbia Police Headquarters and interviewed. He speaks with pride of his job as Joyce Meyer's bodyguard. Quote, she's on TV in 37 languages and three quarters of the world. He also tells them about the security surveillance company he started, Executive Innovations, but he doesn't mention his own security camera, which might have recorded an intruder, until the detectives prompt him. But that's not even the most surprising part. Eventually, Chris breaks down, distraught, and admits two things. One, he's been getting anonymous death threats, and two, that he's having an affair with a woman named Tara Lintz, Sherry's best friend. Digital evidence recovered from Sherry's phone and Chris's laptop confirm both of these points, as does a police paper trail. From November 2008 to April of 2009, threatening, obscene letters and emails are sent to Chris Coleman, Joyce Meyer, and her son from the email destroychris at gmail.com. The death threats accuse Joyce Meyer of, quote, preaching bullshit and threaten Chris Coleman's family, saying, quote, I will kill them all while they sleep. The emails and letters come in waves, first to Chris's work email and then straight to the Coleman house, each letter progressively more threatening. Chris immediately reached out to authorities, saying he feared for his life and the life of his family. His neighbor, Barlow, of course an officer with the Columbia Police Department, had a camera pointing at his house just in case. The final letter arrived in April of 2009 and said in all caps, quote, This is my last warning. Your worst nightmare is about to happen. Barlow installed a security camera pointed at the Coleman's mailbox this time, and sent officers to patrol the neighborhood. Neither the camera nor the extra patrols yielded any results. But the break in the case would soon come. 
as the relationship between Chris and Sherry was examined in all its toxicity, conflict, and infidelity. But first, let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? Are you doing okay over there? Oh. You doing okay? I had a little Wisconsin. It's just like a little twang that I heard myself doing. You're just twanging out? You're welcome or I'm sorry. We hope you're doing well and... We want to say hello and thank you to anyone listening, supporting the show, spreading the good word of Ghost Town Podcast. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. We appreciate. Absolutely. We got to give. I'm sorry. You know, no, I'm not sorry. We got to give a shout out mm. to our government. Okay. Don't be sorry for that. Loud, proud for the government. Hell yeah. It's so loud. And who's bringing the noise? Who? The mayors. Oh, nice. On lead guitar. <laughs> it's a huge guitar. Love it's it. It's too big. Yeah. Why is it neon orange? Because cool. guess what? That's Catchozelle. Hello. On drums. Rocking the <laughs> drums. Making all kinds of noise. <laughs> Whoa. Casey Weber. Hello. On the bass. Mm-hmm. Funky, 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 funky bass. Hello, the backbone of the band. That would be Charlie Gilbert. Hello. On rhythm guitar, but it's mm. acoustic and electric in one guitar. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It's like that. Impressive. That's Kelly Meehan. Hello. Kelly Meehan. And rocking the vocals, screaming and singing Ooh. and crooning. The front man. That's Ashley Matson. Hello. And our governor. Wow. Owner of the record label, mm-hmm. manager, accountant, lawyer, owner of the mm-hmm. business. Overseeing all activities. Control. You know who decides what Ticketmaster can charge those fees? <laughs> you know who does that? Avian Noble. want no ads, no chit chat, bonus episodes, just the good stuff. Seven days free. Check it out. Head on over to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. All right. Uh, you want to get back into it? Let's keep it moving. So the investigation is continuing. Authorities, of course, realize that Chris and Sherry's relationship was far from perfect. Along with Chris being more conservative and straight laced and kind of buttoned up, Sherry is more fun loving and warm. But the two, aside from their personalities and some of these character traits, fought about a number of things, starting with Chris's job. Joyce Meyer frequently traveled for speaking engagements, which meant Chris was traveling more than he was home. 
This was really hard on the family, and Sherry and the boys kept a countdown calendar on the refrigerator in anticipation for when their father would return home. The two also fought about money. Chris made over $100,000 per year, but Sherry spent money quickly, shopping, traveling herself, donating to charities. It was no secret that Chris was frustrated with Sherry's spending, which organically led to a third problem, lack of affection in the relationship. Chris was not a very affectionate person to begin with. He was, again, standoffish, kind of buttoned up. And those who knew the couple said they rarely saw him hug or kiss Sherry or his sons. In fact, friends of Sherry said that she confided in them that Chris was angry at her a lot, leading to little to no affection, even during sex. Sherry was committed to working things out with Chris, though, even though she also suspected that he was having an affair. She told her friends that she just loved him too much to give up on the relationship. Sherry, despite not having confirmation, was right. Chris was having an affair with Sherry's best friend, Tara Lintz. Tara was living in St. Petersburg, Florida at the time when authorities questioned her. They realized she had cultivated much more than a one-night stand with her best friend's husband. Tara and Chris began a sexual relationship in November of 2008, meeting up in Arizona, Hawaii, and more. They were in constant contact, exchanging text, pictures, and videos that were often extremely sexually explicit. According to Tara, Chris was planning on getting a divorce, but was waiting till after the holidays to pull the trigger. Quote, we talked about it a while back, about possibly maybe splitting up or something, you know. It never happened, obviously, Chris said, adding that they got counseling and that things had been going awesome. He failed to mention that Tara and Chris talked about their own future together, their own family, their own marriage. But talks turned into fighting, and fighting turned into an ultimatum from Tara to Chris. Sherry or herself? Joyce Meyer, Chris's boss, was oddly unresponsive when she heard about the Coleman family deaths. A pastor and public figure, she stayed out of the way of the investigation and was not particularly helpful. In Meyer's interview, investigators realized that she secretly hated Sherry, thinking the lapsed Catholic was holding Chris back from his true evangelical calling and path. As Major Case Squad Jeff O'Connor collects the vast amount of footage and evidence from letters, surveillance cameras, laptops, and cell phones, Sherry's heartbroken family prepare for a funeral. On May 9, 2009, a memorial service for Sherry, Gavin, and Garrett Coleman is held at Evergreen Cemetery in Chester, Illinois. Days later, Sherry's family had the bodies brought to a funeral home for a visitation. Chris Coleman seemed distracted at the memorial service and does not attend the visitation. Under O'Connor's watchful eye, computer and data specialists inspect Chris's laptop and emails, while handwriting analysts pour over the notes and spray-painted messages. Forensic examiners piece together police paperwork and the autopsy reports, realizing that Sherry and her children were likely killed as early as 3 a.m. the morning of May 5th. During this whole process, evidence is also recovered from a stretch of Interstate 255 near the Jefferson Barracks Bridge, the same route Coleman would typically take going to and from the gym. However, cell phone tracking showed Chris took a longer route home to meet Officer Barlow on the fateful morning of May 5th. Despite taking a different route home, O'Connor realizes the immense amount of evidence pointing straight to Chris Coleman. The more of Sherry's friends he talks to, the more he realizes Chris wasn't very good at hiding secrets. For example, the Saturday before the murders, Chris went to a Veda Pure Nature salon in Columbia for a trim, where Sherry joined him. The boys were camping with friends, so the Colemans were, quote, going on a date later that night, stylist Emmy Worthen remembers, quote, and they were both really excited about it. We stood in the window and watched them leave and said, oh my gosh, they're so cute. Another friend, Vanessa Regrix, remembers the couple being aspirational until recently, quote, I always thought of them as the American family, the perfect family, she said. 
Everybody would want their children like these two boys, polite, always helpful. They had a heart of gold. Then Redericks and her fiance went on a double date with Chris and Sherry the Saturday before the murders. She teased Chris about his new hair, saying, what's up with that hair, Chris? He said, I'm a changed man. Don't you like it? Chris then drank more than she'd ever seen. Usually he stopped at one or two beers, but that night he pulled out a big bottle of hard liquor, saying he'd gotten it on one of his trips. Sherry was also drinking more than she usually did. She asked for another Corona, and Regrick said Chris snapped at her, quote, get up off your ass and get it yourself, you lazy bitch. In five years, Regrick had never once heard him speak to Sherry that way. At that point, Regrick decided to cut the night short. More and more friends say Sherry was concerned about Chris, that he was moody, sometimes even violent. Sherry also confided in a friend saying, quote, if something happens to me, Chris did it. Meanwhile, digital investigators were able to determine the IP address in which the Destroy Chris emails were originating from, Chris Coleman's own laptop. They also realized the letters had several misspellings in common with known writings from Chris Coleman. Chris's guilt is calcified when O'Connor performs a final review of Detective Barlow's security cam footage. O'Connor sees that on the morning of the murders, Chris left the house at 5.43 a.m., almost three hours after his family had been killed. Chris Coleman was arrested on May 19, 2009, at his parents' home in Chester, Illinois, and charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Police said Coleman was at the root of everything, the murder of his wife and children, the affair, even the threatening letters. While Chris and Tara had their affair, Chris's love bordered on obsession, she would say. He kept perverse logbooks of her favorite songs, account usernames, passwords, the size of her panties, the name of their future kids. Most damning in Chris's files on Tara was a section that said, quote, The day that Tara changed my life, 11-508. The very same month the threatening emails and letters began. After Chris killed Sherry and the boys in the early morning of May 5th, he spray-painted the walls to make it look like someone else killed his family. Hours later, Chris grabbed his workout gear and left for the gym. The trial was chaotic, with prosecutors trying to convince the jury that Coleman wanted Sherry to be the one to divorce him so he could look like the innocent one. Quote, I believe he became so enraptured by Tara Lintz, but he couldn't get divorced in his own mind, because then he'd lose his $100,000 job a year with Joyce Meyer Ministries, he said. Quote, they frown on divorce, if it's your fault. The prosecutor believed Coleman was hoping to make a clean break before anyone caught on about the affair. In a videotaped deposition, Joyce Meyer confirmed her ministry's zero tolerance of adultery. Quote, if he would have been having an adulterous affair while he was still married, then it could have definitely affected his job, said Meyer. But on May 5th, 2011, the two-year anniversary of the murders, the jury didn't think Coleman was innocent in any respect, especially after learning he had texted Tara from his wife and son's funeral. The jury deliberated for 15 hours. They found Chris Coleman guilty on all counts. In 2020, he petitioned for a new trial, but was denied, finishing out his sentence of life without the possibility of parole, a punishment for crimes that defied nearly everything Chris Coleman valued, or said to value, about his picturesque life. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.